Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What is going on, boys and girls? It's your boy Armando, and welcome once again to the Bass Kayak Envious Podcast on the Paddling Fin Network. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram under Bass Kayak and Beers. You can also follow Paddle and Fin at paddleandfin.com. If you want to watch our episodes on YouTube, you can watch them on YouTube on our Facebook page at Paddle and Fin and at Bass Kayak and Beers, also Facebook, Instagram. And that's it. You can follow us on social media. For those that are interested, I do have a YouTube channel that is in Spanish. I do put captions in English. So if you want to follow it, it's called Remos y Aletas, which is basically Paddle and Fin in Spanish. Check out some of the YouTube content. My podcast is not uploaded there. Just my adventures in fishing are uploaded. So far, I got like two episodes. So we're just starting off on that. But if you want to check it out, you can check it out. If you don't speak Spanish, but you want to learn, you can read the subtitles and kind of figure it out what is the hell that I'm saying. Sometimes I don't understand myself anyways. What's going on? So this week, um, tomorrow, I'm meeting up with Lone Star Kayak Fishing, Carlos Torres. Go follow him at LoneStarKayakFishing.com on Instagram. We're going to be hunting for smallmouth bass up in Texoma. So I'm putting it out there. So hopefully I won't get skunked and I won't have to come up next week and give you excuses on what happened. So hopefully, you know, not a lot of smallmouth bass here in Texas, but Lake Texoma has a reputation for holding a lot of smallmouth bass and big smallmouth bass. Never caught one day, only fished Texoma once. Not my type of lake, uh, just kind of like rocky, clear water lake. But it's a fun lake. It's a beautiful lake, by the way. Big, huge mansions just all along the shoreline. If you've never been to Texoma, you see those huge mansions, like huge backyards. You're like, good Lord, they must be doing well. But anyways, um, on to today's episode. I got Dan Perry. Bailey Eichmann was going to join us today. But uh, he had a little bit of a setback, so he may not be able to join us. Maybe he'll join us somewhere along the line of this episode. 
But we're going to be talking about a hot topic in social media, and that is, quote-unquote, team fishing. And when I'm talking about team fishing, I'm not talking about KFL, although Dan Perry does take part in the KFL, and that's why I wanted to bring him on because he can share some of his knowledge of how they fish in team fishing, kayak fishing, which is KFL. You know, that's the whole point of KFL, just team fishing. But some of the taxes they tactics they use, that we've kind of seen in individual tournaments like the Hobie BOS, the Bassmasters Kayak Series, and the KBF. And we're not here to, you know, point out anybody or criticize. There's really no rules or very little rules that kind of govern the concept of team fishing individual tournaments. It's really up to, you know, what's your definition of team fishing and what's your definition of what's ethical on the water. So that's basically it. We're not going to get in each one's throat. It's not going to be a Stephen A. Smith type uh, deal in ESPN. We're just going to have a fun conversation about it and, you know, see what you all think about it. Um, and feel free to leave the comments uh, below if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or, uh, you know, hit me up on on my Instagram, Bass Kayak and Beer. Send me a DM. Tell me what you think. So anyways, before we go to commercials, quick shout out to Douglas rods go to douglasoutdoors.com check out the full lineup of x matrix lrs rods and the award-winning five fishing rods so quick commercial for waypoints and we'll bring dan the man right in the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by john browning the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the u.s military from 1911 to 1985 while colt produced the original almost every major firearm company has produced its own version it's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At MidwayUSA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Mr. Daniel Perry, how are you doing, my man? What's up, Armando, man? Thank you for having me on. Oh, you, you had your coffee today. That's awesome. Excited. So wearing that White Sox. I hate the White Sox. Yeah, I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah. But they are whatever. so trash. They they were picked to, you know, win their division, the AL Central, and be White Sox, you know, World Series contenders, but the injury bugs got them so bad. It's It's been bad. But Well, I don't have any excuses for the Cubs sucking. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> still in a rebuilding mode. But anyways. I'll be a White Sox fan until Nashville gets a team. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't see that coming anytime soon. They they've actually got a proposal out. It would be the first minority owned team, and they uh and that's that's like the I hate Atlanta. That's like you know I can't go for Atlanta, but uh, and I, I go for Nashville like the Braves. You, you hate Atlanta or you hate the Braves? Atlanta. Oh, you hate Atlanta. the whole thing. Well, let's start with something controversial. Why not? Why do you hate <laughs> Atlanta? Well, I grew up in Biloxi, so a Saints oh. fan, and the arch nemesis of the Saints is the Falcons and. I just I can't go for Atlanta. If you lived uh, in Atlanta or New Orleans, you would know. So like, it's yeah. more of a sport thing, not not necessarily yeah. that you hate the people in Atlanta or the city no, the of Atlanta last, itself. 
the last damn time I was there. I blew out a tire on the interstate, so I don't like the city either. They can keep it, man. <laughs> okay, well, I'm trying not to piss off our Atlanta listeners if we have I, I do like Westbrook Supply Company. Fetch, hey, uh, Fletch, Fletch and the oh, guys, yeah. that, that, that's a real good paddle shop. So I, I That's the one getting, thing Atlanta has. I don't want to be getting hate mail from uh, Scott Butcher here because of your take on Atlanta. But anyways, how you been doing, man? Good man, doing doing good. KFL starts this weekend, and been having a great season. Things are going good, man. How about yeah, you? Look, uh, good man. I can't complain. Still retired, so yeah. trying to fish. But man, it's been windy this year. Like ever since, since the calendar what I heard. to twenty twenty two, it's like like dude, windy nonstop, and not That's like oh. Uh, and I'm not complaining about like you know twenty mile per hour winds. I'm talking about, I mean. At least the days that I've gone like to be on the water, it's like thirty mile per hour gusts. It's like, geez, like really. That's um, what's in that what Dustin's been saying too. Been super yeah, windy down there. Yeah. It's I think on since those stats or breakers have been kept, I think April or May, or I think both months were were the windiest since they kept records on that. So hmm. that's how bad it's been. But I mean, no excuses. Going tomorrow. Um, today is January second, um, so Friday tomorrow I'm gonna meet up. Like I said on my intro, to do some smallmouth fishing. So hopefully, I, I have a question. Happen. Yeah, you have both a PA and you kept your outback, right? No, I had to sell the outback. I tried to oh, play it off okay. like it was gonna be my wife's kayak, and I tried. Yeah. She wasn't buying it. Oh, okay, I thought I saw some pictures or something. I didn't know. No, I mean, I post, like, when I don't, like, right now, having gone on the water, I, and judge me if you must, not you, but my listeners, sometimes I have to, like, repost an old video or reel or kind of re-edit a video um, and post it on Instagram just to keep those algorithms because I have nothing right now to show for it, hopefully tomorrow. But, yeah, I was yeah. trying to keep that out back, but now I had to sell it. Hmm. All right. That's it. It's all good. Um so you're gonna miss the Chickamauga. That hurts, right? The Hobie BOS. Yeah, I, I, that's you know, like this time of the year, Pickwick, Tennessee River, right? Whenever, like the yeah. end of May, re really the end of May is the best. Whenever they get offshore, or they get in that in between deep, you know, the bank and the deep, they go from post spawn to their they first get offshore and they really get dumb, they're really dumb out there, and you can really catch a hell out of them. That's a that's my favorite. Favorite time of the year on Tennessee River, so I I think they're probably a week, at least a week or two late for that, but uh, but still, I mean, it's going to be a smash fest up there for sure. Yeah, it feels like a broken bow, um, at least pre fishing for me. I was just like, you can't anything. They were you know hitting anything everywhere. Uh, but yeah, good luck to all those guys and girls over there, Chicamaga. Who do you think is going to take it? Adam Riser. Adam Riser. Yeah. Yeah, that's just. You know that's a pretty solid. I mean, he's right he's there. always yeah. I mean, he's always in contention. And nothing against Bailey. If he comes on here, he's going to be like, "Why didn't you pick me?" But uh, you know. Well, uh, and and go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, I mean, he lives in Tennessee, not too far from there. I know he spent a lot of time up there. Talked to him for a minute. He's got a plan. So uh, yeah, yeah. Now nah, he's and I mean, it doesn't matter because this episode is going to air after Chickamauga has done. It's going to be on on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I've been talking to him. And like he found something. He found something special. So if that bite holds up, you know, and he, he's, he's on the too. Yeah, he's from Florence, where Pickwick is at. I mean, he he knows 
Yeah, he's 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 not in up. Well, he he lives in upstate New York, right? Oh, I'm Billy. talking about Riser. Oh, Adam Riser. I don't know yeah, why yeah. I thought you said we we're talking about Bailey Agbert. No, he, yeah. So you did mention Bailey Agbert, right? Yeah, I like, said if he comes okay. on, he'll be like, "Why didn't you pick me?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bailey. I mean. Bailey always Bailey. does good. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's that. Hobie. There's so many great anglers. It's yeah. You and Miner from that area too. Jordan Marshall. Um, Ryan Lambert won. I know Ryan Lambert. Whenever he gets a win, usually it's in Tennessee or that area. So I don't know if he. I know he won a couple of Hobie BOS in Tennessee, but I can't remember if it was Pickwood. I mean, or was it Pickwood or Chickamauga? Is it Chickamauga? Yeah. Chickamauga. Yeah, I mean he's his home his home lake is you know it's Chickamauga, so yeah. he could do it. Steve Owens, I mean Steve can Christine really Fisher. really fish. I mean, there's so many great anglers up there Cody that Milton. Yeah. I mean Jordan Marshall, he he could easily yeah, win it. Too. Yeah, uh, who knows how many tournaments he's won on that lake. Well, sticking with that subject, um lately I've seen a lot of posts, mostly on KBN, but there's a, been a hot topic about Team fishing, right? And uh, what is team fishing when it's not supposed to be, or when it's not a tournament for team fishing like KFL? And like I said on the intro, we're not trying to debate, we're not trying to point people out, we're not hating on anything. We just kind of want to talk about it because we know it's kind of a hot topic. And I know a lot of people want to get thoughts on that and kind of define what is team fishing and whether it's ethical or not and where do we draw the line on it and again we're not the ethical police here dan and i are not planning to say this is wrong and this is right we just want to have an open discussion about it but off the water when it's going when we're talking about pre-fishing on the kfl teams how does that work Dan? well kfl i'll say is totally different like i've never been I've never been with a group of guys. Last year I was on the Alabama Hammers and we were so open about because your your win depends on how good everybody is doing. So you're really helping helping everybody. Now I'll, I'll say it's a little bit different. Like Coley, that man is the best angler on Neely Henry and the kayak angler in the country. You're just not going to beat Coley on <laughs> Neely Henry. You're not. So because he lives there, I've been more I like I kind of asked him a couple things, but I don't want to get too much because I know it's his. I don't want to I don't want to get his spots because sometimes my club fishes on Neely Henry. And so I would say in that situation, I'm respectful because it's his home lake. But anytime we fished away games, it was 100 percent share. It was whether I catch him or you catch him, it doesn't matter. Unless you're in contention for MVP, which Coley got last year, there's you just want somebody on the team to catch them. So you're giving them everything, every single thing you found, you're giving it to them. And some teams have walkie talkies, some teams, you know, like a couple of times, usually our guys on my team last year and this year are so good because we haven't fished this year yet. But, you know, the guys I have on my team are so good <laughs> that they're not going to be calling me. Oh man, I don't know what to do. I mean, these people, these are, you know, Joe McElroy, Jordan Marshall, Lance Coley, Colin McGown, Chuck Wise, uh, Nick Dyer, Dustin Nichols. I mean, everybody on my team is they're, they're some of the, they're the best anglers in the country. So I don't, uh, it's not like they're calling us a lot. We share more at the house 
than we do on the water, but we might like call each other once or twice on the water just to see kind of what they're seeing, I guess. But it's not like constant communications like you would think, at least with my team, but because they're so good and they're going to figure them out. Yeah. So on when we're talking about, you know, individual tournaments like the Hobie BOS and Chickamauga and all that. Now, my experience, the first national tournaments that I went was the KBF Trail at uh, at uh, Trinity River. Um, no, actually, Bassmasters Kayak Series back then it was. Bass Nation, whatever it was, but that was a late fork. That was yeah. Now, now it's Bassmaster. I like that yeah, more that, a, that they changed the name. Yeah, why yeah. when I started naming it right, they changed it. But anyways, yeah. um, that is either near near here or there. But um, so anyways, I fish, I fish uh, Bassmasters, I fish KBF, I fish Hobie BOS. My first three tur- national tournaments, I just went it by myself. Um. Um, the only one that I had to like drive to and, and kind of like rent an Airbnb was in Toledo Bend to, to kick off the Hobie BOS season. And I, I just stayed by myself. I rented a little studio, try to do everything by myself, kind of learn. I don't want to be the new guy coming here and asking everybody anything. That was just my, I wanted to see what I can learn by myself. This last tournament at uh, Broken Bolt, I did stay with a couple of bunch of the guys. And I'm not going to say who it is. Just because I don't want anything that I say kind of like to be people pointed out and everything. I just stayed with a group of guys, mostly all from Texas. Um, we stayed at the house. And it was my first experience on fishing with, you know, and having that interaction with other people. And I wasn't familiar with it. So I was kind of like timid at first. So like, I don't know what's right. I don't know what's, you know, as far as ethics goes, I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. And I don't want to say stuff that I shouldn't as far as, you know, how it works out. But I learned a lot. And what I've learned most of it is when the guys are sitting at the house, their mentality is we want somebody from the house to win it. Like we want to end it with seven of us. We want to end up the top seven. We want to be, it's going to be, we want it to be us, right? So pre-fishing, it's more, you know, you go pre-fish, you come to, before you go to pre-fish, you ask people, hey, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? So then, people can kind of spread out, divide and conquer kind of thing and find out. Now, I made my decision where I was going to pre-fish because that's what I wanted to pre-fish first. I didn't consult with anybody. It wasn't like organized. It just happened that I was going to be the only one going up river to pre-fish. So at the end of the day, pre-fishing day one, we're pre-fishing, we get on the house and everybody talks. What did you find? What did you catch him on? Now, in Broken Bowl, we, everybody was catching in on every single bait and every single piece of structure or banks, shallow. I mean, it was it was really no information to share. Whatever you were throwing, wherever you were throwing it, you were catching it. So it was really, it wasn't like information was like really key to anything because everybody was catching it all. Day two, same thing. You know, everybody kind of like gets to the house and kind of talks, hey, what do you find him? Where do you find him? Now to me, that's not wrong. That's just my opinion. I, I learned a lot. I benefited a lot. And I hope moving forward and whenever I have to, stay in an Airbnb and all that, that I can stay with a group of guys and girls if they happen to be, you know, fishing as well, that we can share information because I'm still learning at this. I would love to learn what they do. And I, I mean, I, I was, there were some hammers staying at the house and I learned so much from them, not just about that lake, but just their mentality, how they use their electronics, how do they pre-fish. 
and that really wasn't just specific to Broken Bolt. That was just in general. So it was a huge learning experience. What are your thoughts? On, and we're talking about before lines in, right? We're talking about just pre-fishing. What is your opinion and your thoughts on a group of guys or girls just staying at a house and sharing information? Do you think you see anything wrong with it? And what is what's too much information, to, in your opinion, if there's anything? Well, first, I, I don't have it's not against a rule, so I don't have a problem with it. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. But there's even up on the pro level, like uh, Brian knew if you were watching whenever they were down on the Harris chain, like he called his buddy, him and another guy. They have, you know, some of them have two or three, two or three roommates. And he has another guy that he was fishing with. And their number one goal for every tournament is both of them get paid. Once both of them get paid, they know they made the top 50, 47 cut. Then they can go off and do their own thing and really try to, you know, have at it. But they help each other out. If one's on something like on the water, they help the other one. They know where each other's at. If they have to go get the other one to make sure that they get a limit and get points and make that $10,000 check every tournament, that's what they do. And that's, I think it's such a huge, huge scale of, I've been, like I fished tournaments whenever I was in college for Montevallo, and we were number one team in the country, by the way. And um, like we would be, you sometimes you can't listen to doc talk and that's the same thing where you can't catch somebody else's fish if somebody is on a chatterbait pattern up river you know and you're fishing down river that information doesn't help you it's it kind of spins you out because you're looking for something that you'll never find or you're looking for a bite that is only working in a different part of the lake or a color because this color is working, but you're fishing a different part of the lake and that water clarity is different. So it's, I think to me where having people in a house helps me the most is cutting out dead water. If you have like yeah. Lake Fork and you can cut out half the lake, you know, half the fork, then, you know, th then you're doing good. You know, if to me, that's what I would be looking for. If, if I have friends who I know were really good and they, they went, up the three of them went up a creek and they all said shallow water man they're just not there you know i didn't see anything or it's the creeks are blown out whatever it is to to take out water that's the only information i would be looking for personally now for other people i think it helps most and that I, I guess this isn't where i'm biased i think this is where people who are traveling kind of tour kayak anglers, PKAs, if you will, they have such an advantage because they're able to travel with people a lot of times that they're doing it. Not only do they have pretty much better equipment than 90% of the field, whether that's mm -hmm. line, rod, reels, baits, electronics, kayaks, they have that, but they're a lot of times they're traveling with the same people. So they know, like if Drew Gregory and, Casey, Casey Reed were roommates. They would be great roommates because one's going to fish in a creek almost all the time. And one's most of the time going to be using his electronics out in deeper water. Not that they, that's what they have to do, but so neither one of them get mad at me because I'm not saying that's the only way you can catch them. 
but the um, but that would be a good roommate because it's somebody who you're you know you're not going to overlap with. So they could give you information that's that's helping. But a lot of times these people are traveling together and they travel with each other so much that they know exactly what information they can believe or what information can help them and what information will hurt them if they take it from their their friend, I guess. Did, yeah, that's did, did all that, hopefully that made sense. I, I I think you really have to travel and know people and fish with them all the time and really be the more you do that and the more open you could be, the more it helps. If you like you did went to a house where it's people who you don't travel with all the time, you don't fish with all the time, then it would be a little bit tougher. Like me and my buddy Chuck, whenever we traveled together to Seminole, although it didn't work out, I mean, we fished together. We knew each other exactly what each other was doing. I mean, we were 100% open with each other. And I think those relationships can really, really help. But relationships that are a little bit more casual and you're not traveling with them all the time and you're not as open, those, I think those can help as much as they can hurt you. And, and that's an interesting point because, you know, it's, an old proverb, you know, iron sharpens iron. You know, you get a group of guys that are quote unquote hammers, you know, and they stay at a house together and, you know, they share information and they're, you know, feeding off of each other. I mean, it, it is an advantage. Let's not say, I mean, not to take anything away from those great anglers, but there's, a, honestly, you see when you look at, you know, the, the people that are getting paid on the tournaments, for the most part, there's a lot of names out there that you kind of constantly see. Now, somebody else can come in and grab a win. It's not saying that those people are always going to win. I'm not saying every time, you know, and again, I don't want to mean names because I don't want people pointing always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. But, general, but because there's yeah. nothing wrong with it, even if yeah, you name the name. And I don't yeah, want it's... people to say. But yeah. you see the names, constant names, you know, the anglers of the year, people that constantly are at the top or close to the top. Because a lot of times we get caught up with like who won. Well, there's 20 checks out there in, in case of Hobie BOS, in case of Bassmaster, it's like 30 checks, whatever it is. Um, so it's those constant, you know, constantly you see those names. Every once in a while, you know, those big names, one of those big names doesn't get into the money, but the full start, they're there and they're they have this camaraderie between them. I rarely see like big rivalries like that. Those type of like hated rivalries between one angler and the other in kayak fishing. Maybe there is, but I haven't really seen it. I'm sure Not maybe there many. are some out there, but for the most part, 90% of those, you know, quote unquote, you know, national or PKAs, you know, people that travel the nation from one tournament to another fishing, those are traveling together. They know each other for years. They feed off of each other. Like I said, iron sharpens iron. They have an advantage. You know, if you want to use it as an excuse, if that's a turnoff for you and you want to say, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep donating 200 and something dollars, <laughs> you know, because I'm not winning anything. That's up to each one. You know, if you really love this sport and you really want to do something to kind of like enjoy it, it you have to manage your expectations and understand, you know, you have to play ball. Sometimes you just have to, you know, get your own groups or try to talk to people on the water, get information. You know, Mike Iconelli mentioned something when he won his, I think it's one and only, 
Bass Nation Kayak Series tournament. Back then, it was called Bass Nation Kayak Series. Um, and he kind of made it a point that he said he didn't talk to anybody. He did his own research, his own graphing, and he said he did it, quote, unquote, the right way. Props to him for that. That's wonderful. Mike Iconelli is a legend. I don't care if he's on a boat and he's on a shore or if he's on a kayak. A good bass fisherman is a good bass fisherman anywhere. So he can afford to, you know, because of his years and experience, to go out there and constantly get on top or close to the top or in the money because he's a wealth of knowledge in itself. Uh, for 90% of the field like myself, that's not, you know, I don't have I don't possess the wealth of knowledge that he does. So I have to like, and I don't count on a full week of pre-fishing to kind of figure it out. I may have one, two days. So having a group of guys, girls staying at the house that have done this for more longer than me and all that kind of helps me maybe not that tournament, but just grow as an angler. And eventually you see the fruits, hopefully see the fruits of a labor Well, sometimes somewhere down the line, I may be able to get on the money. Now that's off the water. When it comes down to the water, this is when the lines get blurred pretty quickly. Because, again, this is supposed to be individual tournaments. What have you seen out there on individual tournaments that you feel like, you know, this ain't right when it comes to team fishing? Anything that jumps to mind? No, I I know people talk whenever they're on the water. I is it? I've never done it. Is it no. even legal to call somebody on the phone? I I don't even know. I I've never I've never done it, so I I don't know. I should I don't have even probably, know what the rule is. I yeah. probably should have been more responsible and kind of researched the rules on it. I know Hobie Bos allows you to talk to other anglers as long as in, during you know lines in as long as they're in the tournament and the Hobie tournament participating with you you know not maybe next to you now yeah. is it is it like if you're between you I, know talking distance or can you use your cell phone yeah, i don't I, know I, 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 i'm i'm pretty sure it's only only you know on the water you can't call somebody else like i'm i'm almost positive about that and i don't know what the hobie bos i mean uh bassmaster kayak series stance is on that kbf yeah he has some crazy rules sometimes, <laughs> so I don't know KBF either. Um, but uh, rules aside, assuming the rules don't say anything about that, and it's up to you know what each one of us feels like is ethical. Now, if the rules say you can talk to each other on the water, even if it's through mobile devices or social media, whatever, then you know that's fine. I guess there's no rule. The point is, is it ethical? Is it is it okay? My point of view, if there's no rules to say it's not allowed, then it's game. You know, you can do it. Um, I think where I would draw the line, and me personally, and and I have kind of mixed feelings about this, and I'm going to be – I didn't know if this was right or wrong. So I'm going to be completely honest with everybody out there that's listening, uh, and, and including your dad. When I was in a tournament and we are staying at Broken Bro, I told the guys, listen, if by if at the end of day one lines out, I'm not um, I'm not in the money, and you know, and somebody wants me to check out a spot or something, I can do that. But then again, I was like, then I started wondering, like, I want to help my buddies out here, but I I don't know if this is even ethical. And now we kind of talked about it. Everybody said, no, no, let's just do so you do our own thing and all that. And I'm like, I was fine with that. 
So I made a bit wrong on that, and I'm being full disclosure. Now, we didn't do any of that. I just went fun fishing. And the guys did tell me, like one of the guys told me, like, hey, go to this place. You should be able to find it. But, again, that's just me fun fishing because at this point I'm not getting in the money. And when I got to those spots and I saw the anglers, I immediately left that area and came back when there was nobody there um, because I didn't want to, you know, I'm fun fishing. I don't want to take money away from somebody else by ruining their spot. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, hey, somebody in the group is like, hey, I'm not in the money, but I can, you know, I can play defense, kind of like what KFL does. I know in KFL, some of the guys play the defense, right, where you hold the spot so nobody fishes it. What's your stance on, on stuff like that in in the individual tournaments? I mean, I've heard everything from people going to fish. Like uh, if somebody knows where another angler is going to fish during the tournament, going up there and going to a spot and trying to sore lip all their fish because they know that's where they're going to fish. So they try to go catch all of them they can, play defense, and that's in an individual tournament. Uh, KFL, I, I've, I've never heard of anybody doing anything like that. Maybe they do, but, I mean, we, we don't. There's just no point in doing it. You're wasting time. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if your buddy's there, if you're fishing close to your buddy and then you say, yeah, man, come over here, catch a couple. It's just, you know, limit fish or something like that. I'm going to go ahead and move on. You can have this spot. I, 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 as long as you're, you're communicating on the water. I don't have any problem with that. I mean, just helping somebody else out. That's not, I think that's part of the, the good part of what we do, whether it's somebody that you know or somebody that you don't know. Part of the thing that makes kayak angling so great. Uh, you know, so I, I I don't have a problem with that. But doing it, like, beforehand, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's so, a little, a little so, gray. Yeah, so let's break it down. Um, you're in a... You're, you're in a tournament. You have a chance of winning it. And your buddy offers you to stay at the house skunk and he says hey you know what tell me what spots you like um and what spots are you going i'll hold one of them for you in other words i'll go cast something without a hook or something and just you know just to you know ward off anybody from hitting that spot would you mind if you heard somebody doing that would you be upset if somebody gave someone else a spot not I a spot, have... like a spot to hold. Like I'm, I'm gonna yeah, fish no, this area, uh -uh. but can Hell you hold no. this spot in case this one doesn't work out? No, that's a that that to me is that's cheating. Holding somebody, holding somebody else's spot until they come back. That's that's no bueno. And what about and then in this one? I, I'm I know he said we were gonna we were gonna be ethical police here, but this one I have a problem with. Now, I don't know anybody that done this, but I've heard it. I think you touched on it. Somebody saying, you know what? I'm, you know, in the, I'm number two. So-and-so is number one, and he's going to this spot. Can you go over there and kind of maybe, like, throw him out, you know, kind of, like, get there before he does or, you know. You heard somebody about somebody doing that? I've heard about it. I don't know specific names. I've, I've heard that's been a tactic used before. I don't know nobody's names. I've just kind of heard about that like you know just hey i'm you know let's cover it let's go to that place and see if you can get there before the the one holding the top spot gets there and see if kind of like obviously in, in my opinion that's completely wrong 
Wow. Yeah. That that'd be that'd be messy. Yeah. I mean that that would be <laughs> that'd be uh if if I were that person who's two people were working against me, number two, number two's buddy is going up to my spot to get on it so I can't get on it. Yeah, that'd be like uh mm nope. That that'd be meeting at the launch afterwards kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and again, it's it's kind of hard to kind of like narrow down to pinpoint. And that that's we're going to touch on that. Uh, but again, when we're talking about communications, I defer back to the rules. Like if the rules say you cannot talk to somebody, you shouldn't talk to somebody. If like Hobie BOS, you can, but I don't know if you can talk on the phone, like call somebody, hey, I'm at this spot. They're biting on this. Come check it out. Um, I don't know if that's legal or not. I probably wouldn't do it. I don't think I would do it. I, if I'm in the lead or I'm in chance to win it, I wouldn't want somebody to call me and says, Hey, come on, man, come up this spot. Um, you know, I'll hold this spot for you. I don't, I wouldn't feel right about that. Yeah. To, to, me, to me, it's, it's gotta be like, it, it doesn't matter. I guess that's why I didn't know about the phone thing. Cause I wouldn't do it anyways. It just, well, and, and it, yeah, a, it, it just wouldn't feel right. And whether it was a rule or not, I wouldn't do it. Now, if I again, if I see my buddy on the water and he's like, he's here's a perfect example. Whenever Ot Defoe, he won a tournament, I think like three years ago. I don't remember the exact tournament, but he was fishing a low head dam and he was wearing them out, like leading the tournament first three days. And then day four, he just absolutely skunks. And he happens to see Gerald Swindle on the water. And he's like, man, I'm just not. I don't know what's going on. I can't catch a dang fish. Uh, man, I'm spinning out. I'm in a bad way. And Swindle told him, go over here, throw this, get you a fish, get it back together. He went over there, caught a fish, got his head right. And he thanked Swindle for that. Like it got him back into the mindset. You know, he stopped spinning out. He got it back together and he ended up winning the tournament. But he needed a friend to help him. I, I don't have a problem with that. But if, again, if I call up somebody else, you know, if I called somebody and said, man, there's so many, all you need is a limit to cash a check to get in the top 20, come load up, come over here. You can catch fit, you know, 75 inches and get a check. No, no, I wouldn't be okay with that. Even if it were in the rules, which I don't think it is, but if it's somebody on the water and maybe you plan that out a little bit beforehand, you know, that, that wouldn't be as bad as long as you're not taking from someone else, I guess. Yeah. Not trying to uh, sabotage somebody's uh, game plan, yeah. I guess. Um, it's interesting because and I, and I hesitate to say the name, although a lot of people that uh, probably know this, because I think somebody mentioned this on an earlier episode I recorded this year. And, and I'm not going to say the name because I don't want people saying that that person cheated because that wasn't the case. But I think it was one of the inaugural or the inaugural Hobie BOS, I think in Kentucky, might have a different name back then. Or I can't remember if it was Hobie BOS, KBF or anything. But anyways, a well-known angler was having one of the best days on the water. After, not after lines out, but after he caught his limit, and it was like the limit that won him. After he caught the limit and before lines out, somebody called him. And I think from what I understand the story, and I and I don't not not completely familiar with stories, but it was had nothing to do, it was another competitor, but it had nothing to do with sharing information. I think if I if if I've been told the 
story correctly and factually. The other anglers saw that this person is like, oh, yeah, he got it in the back. So he called them, congratulate them, both on the water. Say, hey, man, I saw what you did. You know, you, you know, we're like 15 minutes from lines out. You know, you and again, I'm paraphrasing here. Um, you got this. Congratulations. When they got off the water, somebody says, hey, he was on the phone. So he came up and asked. So he was asked what happened. He says, yeah, so-and-so called me. He says, yeah, that's against the rule. You have to forfeit the first place. Um, and again, some of people might know this story, might know who I'm talking about. The reason why I'm not saying it is because I don't want people that don't know this story saying, oh, so-and-so cheated. Because that was, from what I understand, that wasn't the case. And knowing the person, like I know this person, I know that person wasn't cheating. I really yeah. have a hard time believing that person was cheating. Um, so there's that rule. That's the other thing. It's like, how do you police this? You know, like Bailey Eichmann mentioned, and I'm only bringing Bailey Eichmann this because I want to talk to him about it. When he was seven inches, you know, in the lead with like a little less than an hour to go on his tournament, he got a bunch of calls. Like he was saying on the podcast, you know, I had a bunch of calls, people congratulating me. So that's what I'm thinking. Maybe on the Hobie BOS, they don't have an issue with that anymore about somebody calling you. Um, because, again, that that's one of the rules where it's like, well, how do you police it? And I say this because a lot of people are going to say, well, if we have a problem with this, then we should pull a rule against it. That's from somebody that's a tournament angler. And this is what I... And not to say that that uh, the idea of policing something or putting a rule, I'm against. I'm not saying that. What I think a lot of people have to understand, because a lot of times we all want to play tournament director, you know, armchair. Tournament directors have a responsibility. One of the responsibility is to make this fun, right? So when you start putting a bunch of rules, it kind of takes the fun away from it. You know, the, I've, I'm happy with the rules in general, the rules they are right now. It may be some tweaking here and there, but to start adding rules, especially rules that you cannot police effectively, that to me becomes a problem. So when people start saying, oh, well, they should just outlaw this or put it in the rules. Well, you have to be careful with that because that can open a whole lot of doors when it's up to interpretation. And when you can't really police it, you know, how are you going to police this? How are you going to police that somebody was actually sabotaging unless that person confirms how do you going to know that that person was holding somebody's spot unless it was confirmed? What I think the solution is, oh, a good, I maybe not the solution, but a good way to kind of like defuse the situation, instead of policing something, maybe put incentives so people will stop doing this. You see this in every sport, right? Like people like, uh, I'll take an example for like soccer. In soccer, in football, European football, what they do is, you know, you'll usually see a lot of teams that are always at the top. So what about those small town teams that don't have a shot to compete to like the Liverpools, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich? Well, they have uh, a minor league system. So if you come, if you don't end up in the top, in the bottom three, you don't get relegated. And if you get in the bottom three, you get relegated. So it kind of keeps everybody from there's everybody has something to compete for, right? From the yeah. top. I love that teams. system too, by yeah. the way. And, and and you see, like in the NBA, and I know it would have been crazy, but in the NBA, a lot of teams kind of like what I hate about it and NFL too. It's like, well, that we'll start, you know, sabotaging our own season once we know we don't have a child yeah. to get the first round pick. 
So something like that, I think, can be implemented. Now, Hobie BOS, and I don't know if they have it. And if they don't, this is something. I don't know if they no longer have it. I know they had it last year. And this is something that maybe A.J. McWhorter, if they don't have it, maybe can bring it back. And if they do have it, they should be, they should do a lot more publicity on it. Last year, I saw Catherine Fields had a horrible day and then a great second day. And she won the Dakota Lithium Power Move, which had some prices over there. Um, but I've never seen Hobie BOS promote that. And if they still have that, they should definitely promote it. The whole point of this is to promote the sport, which is something Hobie BOS still can get better. You know, their social media, when it comes to the Hobie BOS tournament, could, you know, could use a little bit of, uh, not an upgrade, but a little bit of a fuel injection. When you see, that's one thing that Bassmaster and KBF does great is their social media, you know, um, you know, promoting their stuff. So assuming, and I haven't seen it this year, but assuming they still have that, that's a great tool. Because now it's selling people, you know, I didn't get in, I'm not going to cut a check by landing in the top 20, but I have something to play for. And I think every tournament should look at that and say, hey, you know what? For those that skunked the first day, we'll give you something like maybe $500, maybe, you know, something like real money. If you have the biggest jump from day one to day two, that I think it's a good way to incentivize people to fish individually instead of like, you know, if I'm like that in the house and people saying, hey, you know what, if if you're not going to in the money, you know, can you hold this spot for me or can you do this? Can you do that to help me out? Um, I could say like, well, you know, I still got $500 on the line that I could still win if I make a big move. So maybe not. Maybe I'll do my own thing. So that's a good way to apply it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I agree. And I think I'm kind of, I think there's a little bit of a touchy subject with me. There's a lot of people, and you hear it, I think, especially on KBN, where if there's somebody who's in competition, who's does well the first day, like in a check range, everybody else just kind of lays, you know, oh, you hear it. You're in a check range. I'm not messing with you. No, if I go out there and fish and I'm I'm giving that hell to the bell, man. I'm the whole time, everything I can. If I'm going to fish that day, I'm doing everything I can. Like I fished Ufala and uh day two, I knew after day one, I didn't have anything. There was no extra fish I had found, you know, it wasn't and the fishing was so tough. There wasn't a reason I wouldn't it was only Hobie I was fishing this year. There was no reason for me to fish day two. And that I'd Went and hung out with the family. But if I'm going to be out there on the water, you know, then unless unless it's somebody like in the top three or like really high up, top ten, maybe, I'm I'm not getting out of anybody's way. I mean, a lot of people might think that's wrong. It it would be real tough if I thought, especially if I thought I was close to the getting a check. It let's say I was start out the day in 30th or even 40th and there's somebody in the top 20 i'm I'm not getting out of their way if i'm only 20 spots back especially a tight tournament like broken bow uh but here i, I did find a couple of rules i looked up hobie's rules 
the first one, during official tournament days, contestants may not solicit information about locating or catching fish on tournament waters from anyone except other anglers confirmed in the tournament and through publicly available sources, quasi-public websites, blogs, or social media. Um, yeah, not sharing information. Any collaboration on or off the water with competitors or non-competitors for the purpose of sharing or pooling winnings is strictly prohibited. So I didn't see anything in there about people calling each other. Um, yeah. So, so it's I saying, guess, I got to kind of a little bit confused of it. So it's saying you can commute, you, as long as the person is, as long as you're both participating in the yeah, tournament, you can share you information. Yeah. Uh, unless you're pooling money, like you're saying, okay, us three are going to work together and whatever money you make, I get a cut of that too. Like, like you were saying, if number two has his buddy go sit on number one spot because he could get there quicker. And I'm going to give you a cut of my money whenever I win. That would be illegal. But uh, so pooling or sharing money is prohibited. So, And that's that's where I go back to the rules of like, how do you police that? You know, once the check is because you don't, you know, how do you police I mean, it's, And it's I mean, still, I get it. I, it. I agree with the rule. It's, it's still be a lie detector, right? Yeah. But I mean, that's from what I understand, the lie detector is just kind of like a guide, you know, like. It's yeah. one piece of a puzzle in order to disqualify somebody. Like from what I understand, and I, I I don't I don't know the rules. Maybe somebody else can clarify on this. But I remember on the KBN podcast when they interviewed, um, oh my God, what is his name? Um, the tournament, quote unquote tournament director for um, Bass Master Kayak Series, oh, Stewart, John, uh, John Stewart, John yeah. Stewart. Yeah, he mentioned like, yeah, they do lie detectors, but just because you fail the lie detector doesn't mean you're disqualified. There has to be other circumstantial evidence that goes with it. Like, it's a it's a piece of the puzzle kind of thing. Um, I, I think all that information gets shared. We're small enough to where it's, it's such a small deal, even on the pro, you know, like regular Elite Series or MLF. It's such a small world. If you do that to me, everybody's going to know. It, it, I, I think some of that stuff got to be a tight, just, tight crew. But not yeah, you just that that stuff doesn't it comes out. So I agree. Yeah, but it's just the whole thing is one thing's come out. The other thing is like when you're confronted with the facts like Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Oh, well, it has to be, at that point, it has to be somebody admitted to it because you can say oh well he like when that whole thing about well you know we're splitting the winnings well 
you can say, oh, yeah, I did this, but it really comes down to somebody's going to ask you, tournament director's going to ask you, did you split the winnings? Yeah. At that point, well, you haven't given me the winning because <laughs> the check doesn't go automatically. It comes up, what, a couple of days later? So it's it's really, I mean, again, I'm not against the rule. I, I completely agree with it. It shouldn't happen. Um, but it's the whole policing that's um, that I like. But the rules should be there to kind of make it aware that it's not, even if you can't police the rules, at least let it be known that's frowned upon. You know, we don't want it to do it. We may not be able to police it 100%. Yeah. It's not acceptable. Um, yeah. And then there's the whole thing of uh, in the eye of the, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, forgot the term of it. Sportsmanship. No, the eye of the law. Uh, Beholder. No, public public law. What is it? The public judgment, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. You know, you may you may get away with it, but other people are going to know. And and the court of public opinion. A court of public opinion. That's what yeah. I wanted to go. Thank you. English is not my first language, so I apologize. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, it, it's it's a rabbit hole. Um, and again, I don't I don't have all the answers. I I'm not here to say. You know, if if it's not in the rules, then it's really up to your opinion on it. I personally would be more proud of myself if I did things I can figure out everything just by myself. Um, that's I, I, I think that's everybody's goal. I think unless it's people that travel, there's a few groups of people that travel together all the time. Even if, even if they usually don't fish national tournaments, if they travel as a group to whatever they fish, all American, all American kayak series, bass, Hobie, KBF, whatever, whatever trail they're fishing with their buddies. I think information and working as a team only works if you really know those people and you really know like what, Click you know, them. you can, you can really trust their information and you've done it for long enough that it can really help you. Besides that, I think it's really, you know, and those people, I think they do have a big advantage. They just do along with the best equipment. And, and whatever it is, and I think whenever there's actually a pro trail, there's off limits, you know, for a whole year, as soon as the schedule is announced, getting information gathering thing, whenever there's a lot more rules and we have a real pro series, I think that series, you'll really see who's, who's the best of the best, because although they'll still work in teams, um, you know, that the, the cream will rise to the crop then same as it does on a pro tour. But I think most of the time, it's teams are just not something you should worry about. I think, I mean, it's... 10%, let, let's say 10% of the field is actually working with teams that help. The rest of 90% of the field isn't, and it doesn't matter. So I think it's uh, I, it's definitely a bad. It's like I, for an average or below average angler like myself, you know, it, it's hard to win a tournament. It's a lot harder to do it on a national level than it is on a local level. And especially if it's a two-day tournament. Um, I think, and again, I go back to this. There should be an incentive. That's the, you know, you can only police what you can police. You don't want to put too many rules. So as a tournament director, I would, and again, I'm playing tournament director armchair. I know that. But I think there should be an incentive for people to fit individually. If you get skunked the first day, you want to, I, if I get skunked the first day, now I haven't gotten skunked in a tournament, but, but 
for the most part, I've been like out of the race for a check by by the time lines in day two come. So to me, day two is just fun fishing um, and just kind of be on the water and learn, you know, and talk to people and learn. And I'll stay out of the way of anybody that's in contention for a check. And again, that's just my opinion. Nothing wrong with uh, anybody that thinks differently. That's just judgment call. But I think it's it would be in the best interest of the growth of the sport, not just one particular tournament like Hobie BOS or KBF or Bass Masters or All-American Bass Kayak Series. But in general, if each tournament has like a day two incentive. Now, KBF Trail, I think... Yeah, they have day one and day two. Day one and day two. And then they kind of like divide the entry fees. You know, they split the entry fees in those two days. Now they have the Pro Tour. Yeah. The pro tour, I don't think it's a big. You see, once you get a pro tour, that's the other thing. Then the pros are not going to ch- that. Then, and we're talking about real money here. You know, like making a living out of it. Then you're going to see all this buddy uh, click groups kind of like fade away because now it's like, okay, now we're in a pro tour. Now our group is here. So now you know it's 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 the elite of the elite, right? Um, and I'm not saying KBF is already there. But let's just say for argument's sake that we do have a pro tour, then yeah, that's different. Because once you're in the pro tour, you're on the pro tour, you're gonna want to, you know, you have sponsorship. You know, if you if you want to get sponsorship, you kind of have to win every now and then, you know, be on the stage right there. And also um you're competing against the best of the best. So sharing knowledge may not be the best advantage. Now it's like open series and the Hobie BOS the our sport is different from, let's say, like the NBA or NFL or MLB. Like that sport, the growth of that sport is the audience. The more audience there is, the more the, the sports grow and the more the investors come in. And so it's based on viewership. Kayak bass fishing is not based on viewership, not at this point in time. It's based on entry fees. So if I think if the same people are winning or in the money all the time, it's going to come to a point where it's like, okay, people are investing in this, not because they can watch it on TV, because they want to participate and win every now and then. But if it's too hard for them to even get in the money, then at eventually the that's going to die off. It's, it's just going to be the open series. It's not going to be as productive. They're not going to grow. That's my opinion. And I think the way that you achieve that is by giving incentives like, listen, if you got skunk on day one, don't worry about it. Day two, we have a prize if you have the biggest bass on day two or if you make the biggest leap on day two. And you can get sponsors like they did with the code of lithium. You know, you can get like, hey, let's give them $500 or hey, let's give them, you know, and I think that's what they should do. They should do like, hey, whoever wins gets big back on day two will get an extra couple of hundred. Because at that point, it doesn't matter if you skunk the first day. You can still have a shot of getting big back of the day. Get a big, big bass of the day for day two. That's another couple of hundred dollars. Get the biggest leap or the biggest difference between day one and day two and give another couple of hundred dollars. And now you have an incentive for those out there that know that may not be able to compete, that are just like lone wolves that are just going by themselves and don't have the time to prefish. Don't have the, <clears throat> the, you know, don't have those close friends at the top of the game that they can learn from and kind of having fun for them. Because at the end of the day, we're not going for viewerships. We're going for entry fees at this point for this to grow. 
and you need to incentivize those people to, hey, keep fishing. Even if you had a bad day, there's something still left for you to fight. That's That would be the way that I would handle it. But again, there's smarter people that make that, that are paid to make those decisions. What are there your you thoughts? Go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said for sure. That's it? Yeah, did, I, did a, I speak too was, well or <laughs> no good you said it all that's a good idea i'm afraid that either i said something too stupid you don't want to comment on it or i said it too well that you no. know there's nothing to add <laughs> which no, one I, is it <laughs> no i i think you said it all man well anyway, I, I, I i do kind of the only thing i don't like or is like too many carrots like uh the kbf stuff i think kbf would do so much better if it were more cut and dry like do this, this, and this. It's there's always too many power plays and like it's it's too much too much stuff going on. Hobie is boom, cut dry, two days, this much money. This is exactly how it's going to go. And whenever you start adding too many other the only downfall to what you're saying is whenever there's too many other carrots of or things to chase, it just some of that stuff is too much, but if there's like one or two things for somebody coming back for day two, yeah, that'd be good. I, I think, it, yeah, it's just one of those things that it's kind of like, you know, kind of incentivize those people that are paying a tournament fee that kind of like, hey, you got something to play for. You know, don't get don't get discouraged. We want you to come back next season because a lot of times, keep it in mind, if, if I do day one and I skunk and I do day two and I do pretty well and I you know, maybe it's not going to cover my interview, but maybe a hundred dollars or uh, you post on social media saying, Hey, so-and-so Armando got, you know, this and that congratulations to him. That's going to incentivize me to do it again. Anybody, not just yeah. myself, anybody versus, man, I just spent $265 on the tournament, five to another hundred dollars in gas, plus the meals, plus the Airbnb. I'm down to $500. Got nothing to show for it. I'm an embarrassment kind of thing. You know, people get like, you know, and it's, be, you know, it, 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 even if, it, yeah, it, even if it's like day one and day two winners or leaders, whoever had the biggest bags on those days, get their entry fee back or so, you know, something like that. That's, that, that'd be a great idea. You know? Yeah. The only thing, and, and touching on that, and I understand what KBF does it because they're building for something the the pro series combined with the trail tour, I don't particularly think because it's like, I think Jeff Malat said this on KBN. It's like, who's the real winner here? You know, you lost, you came first in the pro series, but you didn't, but in the pro tour, you didn't, you know, you were second or third because there was more people fishing in the pro tour, than, in the trail tour than the pro series. So, but I understand why KBF is doing yeah. it. You know, oh, they're yeah, building sure. something and they have to cut costs or consolidate costs in order to get it to where there is. Like five years from now, they're still doing the same thing. Then I would say, you know, get done with this because it's this is you know. But I so I don't. I like the idea. I like the yeah, concept yeah, yeah. of it. It's just we have to give it time for them to get it to where it wants to get. Like when whenever it came the national championship, it would be like the triple crown. There was three different things that they were winning, like plus the bonus, the bonus bucks you can put in, stuff like that. That's that's too much for me. I, I I really like more cut and dry type stuff. And I but I, like I I definitely get KBF 
trying to eventually they'll separate the trail series from the pro series. I get what they're trying to do. And, and that's not to put that down at all, but because people that want to do both can do both. It's the extra stuff. I, I don't like on top of that. And unpopular opinion. And, and you know, I, I don't even know if I want to say this, but I have like a hard time when people call all the triple con winner, it was just one event. It just yeah. happened to merge three in them. So if you won one, more than likely you won the other two. So now it's a triple con. Like it's not that you bid. It's not that you beat Cody Milton, Guillermo Gonzalez, Christine Fisher, Jody Quinn on three different leagues at D3 from time for, you know, yeah. it's not like the, the triple crown of, of horse racing. You know, you won the Preakness, you won the Kentucky Derby, and I forgot the name of the, well, the, the other one. And it, was one, it was one yeah. race. It was really one race where it consolidated three, you know. Do we, the, the, do we really there was one triple crown? Come on. There was one national championship like three or four years ago where if Josh Stewart would have put in some extra, I don't remember what else he had to do, but at the at the end, Chad was like, "You could have won forty thousand dollars more if you would have done this." And it's like, "Well, shit, you know." I mean, that's <laughs> that's messed up to tell the man he could have won forty grand more because it was a carrot that he didn't bite on. I, I, I don't. That's yeah. the kind of stuff I don't like. I wish you know because I want KBF to be successful. This isn't yeah. me putting them down at all. I, I want them to do great. I, I think there's room for everybody, and uh, yeah, I I wish they would you know, would do that and pay out quicker. They, they do that and I'll fish some other stuff, you know? No, and, and again, we're not, we're not hating on anybody. We no, no, no. We understand right now Hobie BOS is, my opinion, I think most people's opinions, head and shoulders above the competition in that aspect. But that doesn't mean we hate on KBF or on Bassmaster Kayak Series. If anything, we try to give constructive criticism and point out where things can be helped out. But I by no means want to see Bassmaster Kayak Series go away or KBF go away. Ideally, you would just step up their game and you know get to that level and fix some of the issues. What but you, again, what what, what do you think is going to happen with Bass next year? I don't know. I I try I try not to beat a dead horse. But John Stewart mentioned on KBN that he wants to see in a, a regular attendance, you know, somewhere around two hundred and fifty. Yeah. Um, that's not happening. And here's the thing with KB with uh, Bassmaster Kayaks. A lot of people say, well, you got to give it time. Well, here's the problem. They're trending south. You know, you see KBF and KBF, you know, little by little was trending. Okay, we didn't figure out this. Maybe next year, you know, and they fix some issues. Hobie BOS, same thing. You know, they see the progression. We learn from this. We signed to We're going to build this. Bassmaster Kayak Series, it's like you got something. You, you did make a step forward, but in other areas, you took a step back. And now your attendance is less, a lot less than next year. So yeah. it's not about you got to give them time. It's like, dude, yeah, at some point you have to be trending upwards. You know, this is, and Bass Master Kayak Series, the difference between that and say Hobie BOS, Hobie BOS, they have that platform to lift the name of their brand to be like the premier brand. They want to make sure that kayak bass kayak fishing in general is synonymous with their product. They're not interested in making money. Oh, well, they're, they're, money. A market, they're a marketing arm. It's, a marketing, it's yeah. a marketing scheme for them. And I say scheme, I don't mean that in a, in, in a negative way. They, they're fine. They're probably fine. It's like, they're probably taking AJ, and this is my opinion, probably taking AJ, just break even. You know, get your salary, yeah. break even, 
as long as it doesn't cost us money, do whatever you want, you know, kind of see. And, and again, I'm not saying that's factual, but kind of along the lines where Bassmaster Kayak Series is like, I want my money. This I want my cut. My yeah. job is to host tournaments and make money. Where I differ, where I understand that. Everybody needs to understand that. And I don't have any problem with that, with the pay structure and everything like that. And, you know, again, getting their cut. I understand that. My point of view is you're coming here and saying, okay, give me my money. I want this is, you know, I want to make money out of this. Whereas why don't you come here, invest in the community, invest in the sport, try to get it grow where it's at some point you can really make money out of it. And I don't see them doing that. I just see them as we want everything made out. You know, we want our bed made out so we can come and collect our money versus KBF, which I'll use KBF as an example on this one. Let's build something to the point where it's going to be profitable. We're going to take some hits. We're going to cut, you know, our bottom line a little bit in order to produce something that in the long run is going to make us money. Bassmaster is unwilling to do that. They're unwilling to invest in a tournament director. They're unwilling to, and it shows to invest in little things that you see popping issues popping up here and there, um, because they don't want to invest the money in it. And that's that's my opinion. Take it as far as you will. I would love to see Bassmaster Kayak Series grow into the biggest kayak fishing event. That's my wish, but it needs to change. I don't even know if it's coming back next year. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I wouldn't be surprised if they fold it. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It, it'd be crazy if they they pulled the plug and then tried to do it again in a few years. But, I mean, I, I think whenever somebody wins, you can look at it, how many sponsorships somebody gets yeah. whenever they win a, a, a bass event. I mean, for kayak anglers right now, even though the events are one day, two day, who knows what they are on just, lakes that you can't go offshore or not. Really <laughs> like Hobie, I mean – Hobie has the guys on chick this weekend. Great time of the year. Santee at the spawn. I mean, they're hitting stuff. It's premier lakes at the right times. And they're trying to make the best schedule. Uh, Susquehanna, you know, and, and then even getting a little bit out of their comfort zone, not their comfort zone, but doing a little bit and going to the Fox river up in Wisconsin, doing something a little bit different. Yeah. And that, you know, having that one tournament this year where, okay, we're going to do something different somewhere we've never been before. And I love that bass like we're doing one day two day we're putting it on lakes that not the right where you're not going to hit it at the right times they're beholden to these lakes that they already have relationships with whether they're for for you know they're good for us or not it just they're because they're yeah. consolidating costs at the at the price of quality that's what yeah. i my best describe it they're well, it, like it, it's not a good quality but it costs less so we well, get more I, money that's i think that's anytime whenever you you open a new business, you need to think about probably the first five years. I'm not going to take any money from this business because I want, I want to reinvest and make it grow. They're just, well, we'll just do what we're doing, but do a kayak thing too. And they're not investing into it. They're just taking, trying to take the money too. And they're just, you know, because they make so much money from having these relationships with the different lakes and stuff Yeah, that, you know, like whenever we had a college event, they put us on Dexter or and Alan and not Harris on uh, on the St. John's River. They put us in Dexter at like a dirt ramp because they had a relationship with that marina that they can make the most money. 
that's what that's what bass does i think even if you dig because i thought about it too if let's say they decide to pay steve owens they said okay you're the best you don't have your own trail right now besides i mean he does tennessee and helps with georgia and all all that i'm not saying he doesn't do and a trail, the but, OBS college series oh steve does that too yeah which is oh, interesting I, I, and because Steve Owens, and I know I'm not calling him a lie. I love Steve Owens. But he mentioned here when I asked him on the podcast, why are you not there? He's like, well, it, it's just I don't have the time. I'm not saying he's not being honest about it. But to me, in my mind, I'm thinking there's got to be something more here that he wasn't willing to do because he wasn't aligned with John Stewart. My opinion, my personal opinion. Yeah. I, let well, me I, say I, it right I, there. Because of the fact it's like you didn't want to do national tour, which is only six, five, six events a year because you think. It was too much time, but you're willing to do two trails, one in Georgia, one in Tennessee, and the Hobie BOS college yeah. series. I it's not because, to me, it's not because he didn't have the time. To well, me, I mean, it, just, it was it just might not be dramatic and saying, I don't want to deal with the mess they have over there. That's my the juice. The juice <laughs> might not be worth the squeeze where yeah. they weren't willing yeah. to pay him enough. Yeah. But they, I, I think he would, even if Steve did it, he would be so wedged into doing, okay, you have to do these lakes. No, you can't do it that time because we already have a, you know, we're going to put our other series, our high school, our college, our elite series, our opens. You have to be on this lake, but you can't choose the best times because these events have to be during that time. And that's why their schedules come out the last, the after everybody else has theirs. Here's the lakes you can choose. Here's what time, what dates you can choose. And even if he did that, it would still suck. It would still suck, even if they had Steve do it. I so I don't know, but I I think Bass is just doomed. I would love to see him do it. I would yeah, love to I see him do great, but they just I think their organization is so big, and we're at the bottom of the bear. You know, at the bottom of the list, it's just never going to be good because Bass has everything else going. Yeah, man. I I, I hope, I hope again. I hope they do I, great. We, but. We don't. We don't wish. We're not hating on Bass. We don't no. wish him ill will. We want him to succeed. But at some point, John Stewart. I, I and I respect John Stewart. He needs to step out of the way. Step out of his own way and just decide. Are you going to invest in this? And you know, limit your your uh, winnings for the first couple of years and get it to where we all know Bass Master can get this. Because if they do decide to say, hey, you know what, we're willing to cut some costs build this and then you know i'm all for it because they they have they have so many resources available to them but if they're really like nah we want the money and we're really getting it from the vote and all that then at some point you know either get in or get out but right now i like i say it's not about it's just it keeps trending south every year it's like at some point, where do you stop picking up excuses? So, well, they're new, they're learning. You know, it's, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I wish him success, though. Yeah. Same with KBF, same with All American. Yeah, oh, yeah. Series, I, I want KBF to do great for sure. Yeah. Well, Dan, I've had you for over an hour, man. Thank you so much. Um, any final thoughts? Oh, sponsors, anybody you want to thank? Uh, yeah, I mean, my. Yeah, Gadget, Bayano Power, Summerland Outdoors. If you need a kayak, they're 20% off feel freeze and big fish. They'll they'll ship them anywhere in the country. So if you need, if you're looking into get looking to get into kayak fishing, give them a call. They also have 
Hobie and Old Town, the two best drives out there. And uh, yeah, that that's it. And where can people follow your pretty face? And Egg Zone back there. Egg Zone Ooh, yeah. Those yeah. are good baits. They are good baits. Uh, everywhere. It's Daniel Perry on Facebook, but Daniel Perry Fishing on YouTube and Instagram. Follow my YouTube. I got 160 people and I'm putting videos every week. I mean, yeah, they're not granted. They're not very good, but there's, I'm definitely, I'm winning tournaments. I'm giving up all the juice I got. So maybe there's something in there you can learn from it. Fans only page. No, no, not yet. Not yet. All right. We'll work on it. Well, Dan, thank you so much, man. It's, it's an honor to have you. Um, go check out Dan's uh, podcast, The Wheel Down. It's either Dan or Jimmy or Drew Gregory. It comes out every Thursday, right, when they recap either national trails or um, local trails. So great episode. Jan, uh, Jimmy and Dan. I, you saw that? I mixed both names. Jimmy and Dan. I said jam. Jimmy Dan. and Dan do a great job in The Wheel Down. <laughs> Chad. It's like Benford. You know, Jan. Yeah, Jan. Jan. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, if you made it this far, go check out my sponsor, DouglasOutdoors.com. If you're going to be on the water, wear your PFDs. If you're going to have a couple of beers, just be responsible um, and make sure you get home safe. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great night. A great day. Peace. So it's fun to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.